Well, good morning, everyone. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? I love, love the Christmas season. So glad you're here today. If you are our guest, we want to welcome you to Cibolo Creek. Thanks for coming to visit. Christmas is about gratefulness. And one of the things that I'm really, really grateful for is that for the past nine months, we've been without a member on our staff team to serve and support our worship team. And they have served so faithfully over these last several months. And I was wondering if you would give them a warm round of applause. We really, really do appreciate their service to our church. In the Bible, Jesus taught us this, that if we're faithful with a few things, he will entrust us with more. And there's a young man who's been a part of our church for many years. He started playing at this church in our student band when he was 11. He started playing on this stage in our adult services when he was 13. And he can play every instrument on this stage and a few more. And while we've been looking for a new worship director, he in his very quiet and humble way raised his hand and said, I could, I could help. And we said, you know, he most certainly could. And his dependability and his loyalty to this church family and providing for worship is completely proven through the years of his faithful service. So I am so excited today to have Garrett Loggins come. There you go. A little show of support. <laughs> well, we're excited to get started on this journey with Garrett, though. We've been on this journey for many, many years. It's fun to have watched him grow. He started when he was 11. What are you, 31 now? <laughs> You're about that big. <laughs> and he's grown up in so many different ways, and, uh, but just been consistent at serving our church family with a great heart. And um, we're really, really excited to have him. So I was wondering if you would bow your heads with me. And let's pray for Garrett and our church family as we embark on this wonderful journey together. Father, thank you so much for the ways that you have always provided for this church. And particularly in the ways that you have provided so many wonderful people. Who've come through our doors. Kind of checked us out and decided that it was a place to stay. And then rolled up their sleeves and started to help. You have truly blessed us in that way. And God, we thank you for this young man, Garrett, who since the time he was just a boy with his family came and got started in being a part of this church family, then offered his talents and his skills to serve in the way that you've gifted him to. And he's been faithfully serving this church for so many years. So Father, we thank you for Garrett. And we look forward to many, many years to come as he leads us in worship, 
develops musicians around him and serves this church family in the wonderful expression of praise and worship. So we ask your blessing upon him and, and his service to us. We give you thanks for all of it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, buddy. You guys ready? Yes. There's just one problem. I forgot my clicker. Oh, no, the clicker's right here. It's a busy morning. So all year, we have been exploring the idea of what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. And in the fall, we've been exploring this idea of doing what Jesus did, because that's one of the things that you see about disciples of Jesus, that they imitated him. They did what he did. And so throughout the fall, we've been looking at these topics. These are just some of the important things that we see as priorities in the life of Jesus. He served people in need. He spent time connecting with his family, those who shared a faith in God. He, he spent time sharing God's truth with anyone who would listen. We've been looking at the idea that he mentored others in their faith. He helped them to grow. He guided them in that journey. And then we want to begin the discussion for the next two Sundays. This idea that Jesus sacrificed for the good of others. Now, let me just put our cards on the table. So there's just no question about where we're headed and what my intentions are. And this has been a consistent logic that we've been using this entire year, looking at the life of Jesus and then asking ourselves, how is Jesus reflected in us? So let's just look at it honestly. If we see Jesus making sacrifices in his life for the good of others, then we too, as Christ followers, 21st century disciples, we ought to be willing to make sacrifices in our life for the good of others. Does that make sense? All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this word sacrifice. There's nine letters in it, but most Christians think of it as a four-letter word. It's a pretty heavy word. It's a difficult word. But I'll just tell you, it's the kind of word where the rubber meets the road. Where we start separating the men from the boys, if you will. It's the kind of word, it's the kind of ideal, where we start parsing between the walk and the talk. It's a word that creates a bit of awkwardness. It can create discomfort for people. We, we know what it means, but we don't always really know exactly what it means. And we ask questions like, what exactly will I have to sacrifice and how much? That's, that's a pretty common question. It's also the kind of word where a lot of churchgoers start looking out of the preacher, at the preacher out of the side of their eyes, and they're like... Oh, this is the point where he starts turning the screws to get us to do the things that we don't want to do. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, not today. Not here. No intimidation, no manipulation, no coercion. I'm not interested in guilting or shaming. I, I don't even like that kind of stuff. I think it is not a noble way to share the gospel of Jesus. So we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it openly, and we're going to talk about it honestly. It was about 16 years ago, Sybil Creek was 10 years old, and it was changing so fast, and it was becoming so much more complicated and complex than I ever imagined. And I was feeling overwhelmed. I was a little discouraged. In fact, I was a little disillusioned. And I got to thinking that if I'm going to stay in the game and I'm going to not go crazy, I'm going to have to make some choices. And so I, I went away for a couple of days to think and to pray. And while I was in that period of time, I made some decisions. I made a couple of them, but one of the decisions I made had to do with this moment right here, that point in the service where I share a message. I had to level set expectations for myself. I had to level, level set expectations across our church family. And here's the decision I made. I can't make you believe anything. I can't make you do anything. That's all on you and me to decide for ourselves what we believe and what we're going to do as a result of what we choose to believe. And what I decided is that the best thing that I can do on a Sunday morning is if I can get you to think. If I can get you to consider what we're talking about. If I can get you to just percolate on ideas of faith then I can leave the rest. I can leave the rest to the Holy Spirit to have an influence in your heart and your mind about what you're going to believe and what you're going to do. But it's completely up to you. And today's no different. This topic's no different. We're going to talk about sacrifice today and next Sunday, and I'm going to let you think about it and decide how it impacts your life. Does that make sense? So this is a series about doing what Jesus did. This is a series about following Jesus. And sometimes in my life, as I encounter the dilemmas of what it means to follow Jesus, there's this thing that I do to just make it really, really practical for myself to sort of sort things out and think it all through. And I want to share this exercise with you. At the heart of Jesus's invitation is the words, follow me, come follow me. The people that he encountered, he said to them, come follow me. Come learn a way of life for me. This was a typical invitation of rabbis in the first century is that they would say to prospective disciples, just come follow me. 
come learn a way of life from me. And in Jesus' case, he was inviting disciples to come and learn a life of faith in God. Come follow me. So from time to time in my life, I have to just stop and think about that in the most simple, practical way possible. Jesus is asking me to come follow him. So imagine this. Imagine that Jesus says to you, come follow me. You come follow me. And you decide, okay, I'll I'll follow you. Great. I want you to meet me at the end of your driveway tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. That's a little early, but okay, I'll follow you. 7 a.m., Monday morning, you make your way out to the end of your driveway, and there's Jesus waiting for you. You still interested in following me? Yes, sir. All right, here's what you're going to do. I want you to get here behind me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head off. I just ask you to, to follow me. You ready? And you're like, yeah. And then, then he, he, he would turn and he'd look at you and he'd say, okay, before we get started, I just, I just want to tell you a few things as a heads up. You're like, all right. Here, here's some things you need to know. If you're going to get here behind me and follow me, you need to know that there's some places that I'm going to go that you might not typically go yourself. There, there's some parts of town that I'll head off to that maybe you never go to. There's some parts of town that I'm going to walk through that you might not even drive through. But I'm asking you to follow me. If you follow me, I want you to know that there are some people that I'll, I'll move toward that you might otherwise move away from but I'm going to move toward them. I just have a heart of compassion for them. And if you're going to follow me, I'm, I'm, I'm going in that direction. If you follow me, there's some things that I'm going to do that maybe it might be outside of your comfort zone. It, again, it might not be things that you would typically choose to do with your time. If you follow me, I want you to know that there's some situations that I'm going to step toward. Situations that you might otherwise seek to avoid. And he's going to look at you again and say, you understand? Yeah, I understand. I, I, I want you to know that we might have to get started early from time to time. And we might get so busy, we'll work straight through lunch. And there's times that we'll work late into the night. And there's times that we'll get so occupied in doing something so important that we're not going to be able to get in out of the rain. Or the heat. Or the cold. Because sometimes the people that I move toward, they live in those situations. There's sometimes that I'm going to ask you to say things and I'm going to say things and some people won't appreciate what I have to say and I'm just asking, will you follow me? 
And again, I think just for reassurance sake, he'd look at you and say, you still with me? Yeah. Did you have any questions? Um, yeah. Can, can you like give me some examples of like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to help people in need. And I'm going to ask you to help me help people in need. And sometimes I'm going to tell people the truth and not everybody likes to hear the truth. It's uncomfortable for them and they may react. And, and I'm all about love and we're going to love your neighbors, but sometimes I'm going to ask you to love your enemies. And we're not very good at loving people that have hurt us. And, and I'm going to sometimes go toward forgiveness. I'm going to ask you to forgive people that have hurt you. And sometimes we're going to find ourselves in really difficult situations. And I'm going to ask you to turn the other cheek. You, you still want to follow me? So before we get started, you should know that where I'm headed and what I do from time to time will require some sacrifice. It'll be uncomfortable. It'll be inconvenient. It'll, it'll be hard. You'll, you'll have to, at times, you'll have to give some things up. You, you might have to give up your time. Your time's valuable. And you've got a lot of things to do. And you have your agenda and your priorities and, and your ambitions. But sometimes I'm headed in directions of things that don't fit your agenda. And you might have to give up some of your time. And sometimes I'll move towards situations that aren't comfortable. And I'll ask you to follow me into your, your discomfort. Outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes the things that I'll do, if you follow me, are very inconvenient. And some of them, they'll require money. And I know it's very valuable and important to you, but it's the direction that I go. Sometimes it can be costly. And maybe sometimes I'm going to ask that you share your talent and you're not going to be reimbursed for it. And it's not going to help you move up the ladder. You're just going to give it away to people who could use it. <laughs> and sometimes some of what I'll ask you to do isn't very popular in our culture, in our society, in our world, in our nation. But are you willing to give that up? And then he'll start to see the concern in your eyes. He'll start to see the look on our face like, I don't know that I want to do this. He'll say, but if you'll follow me, it doesn't matter where I go. If you're right there, I'll be with you. 
You'll never go anywhere, do anything that I won't be there with you. And if you do that, you will discover some things about life that you never could have imagined. Some things that will never be experienced in your comfort, your convenience, your popularity. It'll be outside of those that you'll discover a depth of life that I describe as abundant. This is where the rubber meets the road. And I think Jesus would go over time just looking at us and going, you still in it? You still with me? Because he's been at it a long time and he knows what it's like for people to get started following him and then at some point it just becomes too hard, too uncomfortable, too inconvenient that he's watched people stop following him turn around and head off in a different direction. Because the sacrifice got too much, too hard. I think for many Christians, Jesus's invitation, follow me, is like, like the fine print. It's like way down in the legal documents. And you should know this is going to cost you along the way. The problem with that is that it's not fine print. Jesus was bold in openly declaring that if you're going to follow me, it's going to come with some sacrifice. He didn't hide it. He was incredibly truthful about it. And I'm going to just show you a couple of examples. One of the classic examples of Jesus being completely honest In Mark chapter 10, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees. I mean, how sincere can you be? This man truly wanted to learn something from Jesus. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, why do you call me good? Like, why are you asking me? No one is good except God alone. Are, Are you willing to recognize that I, in fact, might be God on earth. You you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man declared, all of these I have kept since I was just a kid. I'm doing all these things. And Jesus looked at him and look at this, loved him. Well, there's only one thing you're missing. I want you to go. I want you to sell everything you have. I want you to give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. And he went away. He bailed. He went away sad because he had great wealth and he wasn't willing to give it up. Another example in this continuing story, Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, 
it's hard, it's hard, it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God because of what they hold on to. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? (laughs) It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's hard when we have a lot. And the disciples were even more amazed and said, well, then, then who, who stands a chance? Who could be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, well, with man, this is really impossible to let go. But with God, if you let God lead you, all things are possible. A change of heart, a change of values, a change of what you think you have to hold on to. How about this? Bold and open. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, one of my followers, must deny themselves. Must deny their self. That thing that longs for the best for me. Deny themselves and take up their cross. And follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. They must Take up their cross. What was the cross? The cross was the burden that Jesus carried to make the sacrifice for the good of others. You know, we we started Sybil Creek 26 years ago. I moved from Madison, Wisconsin here to Fair Oaks to help get this church off the ground. And I drove from Madison to Fair Oaks. I think it was like a 17-hour trip. A lot of windshield time. Thinking about all that was going to happen. And I remember I was driving down this stretch of highway. It was just straight. And I could see something up ahead, but I couldn't tell what it was. You know, and when you're kind of, you know, just numb from driving, something catches your attention. Watching it. And it looked like it was coming straight for me. Still couldn't make it out, kept driving. And then it started getting clear. And then I realized, oh, it's not on my side of the road. It's actually on the other side of the road. But I, it's still, it's just weird shape. I did, I kept driving. And then I get a little closer and I'm like, oh. It was a guy on the other side of the road who had this enormous wooden cross. And he was walking down the road carrying this cross. Now, I'm, I'm not being critical, okay? I, I get what he was trying to do. Maybe for him personally, maybe for the good of the conversations that might come from people who witnessed him carrying this cross. But what I found interesting is that his cross had wheels on it. <laughs> and on the axle of the wheels that were carrying the cross, he had a little trunk for all of his stuff. Now, I get it. I, I do. I'm not being, but I just thought, isn't that sort of the way it is? Sure, God, I'll, I'll carry my cross, but can I have wheels on it? Can I, can I bring some of my stuff with me? Can I have some air conditioning? No, Jesus said, I want you to carry your cross because crosses are heavy and hard. 
but they represent what you're willing to do for the good of others. What good is it if someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give exchange for the soul for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done while carrying their cross. Another illustration of Jesus just being blatant about this is that there was a moment where he had said some things and people were like, that's I don't that's hard. And on hearing it, many of his disciples, and these are just beyond the 12. These were the people who were saying, I'll follow Jesus. Many of his disciples said, this is hard stuff. Who, who, who can understand or accept that? And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said, did what I say offend you? D- did you not like it? And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And I just, oh, there's just so much pain in this question. Jesus asked the 12, you you don't want to leave too, do you? Are are you going to give up too? Because what I asked was hard. And I could give you other illustrations where Jesus made it very clear that if you're going to follow me, there's wonderful blessings in store for you. But you need to know at times it'll be hard. And what we see in the teachings of Jesus is this. You can't be a Christ follower and be stingy, be selfish or self-centered. You just can't. It's incompatible with where Jesus is heading And what we see in the scriptures is that Christians who follow the example of Jesus, they're givers. They're givers, people willing to make sacrifices for the good of others. Does that make sense? But but here's the good news. I, I find this as good news. This is encouraging. Jesus will never ask you to give up anything that he himself wasn't willing to give up. He's not going to ask you to do something that he hasn't already done. Jesus will never ask you to give up more than he's willing to give up. You'll never outgive Jesus. You know why? Because the cost of our sacrifice will never ever compare to the cost of his sacrifice. And this is an important principle of the New Testament that was foundational to Christian belief. Is that I'll never be asked to give up more than what Jesus gave up. Because he gave his life. Literally. Romans tells us this. You see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died. Not for people that deserved anything. For the ungodly, that's us. And Paul writes, occasionally, but rarely, occasionally, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone may possibly dare to die. There's examples of that. But here's what's different. God demonstrates his love for us in this That while we were still a mess, 
completely undeserving of the amount of sacrifice that he was willing to give. We were still sinners. Christ died for us. And Paul goes on to rejoice, since we've now been justified or made right with God by the blood of Jesus, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Jesus sacrificed for our good. You know, parents, parents make sacrifices for their children. Teachers, they make sacrifices for their students. First responders, they make sacrifices for their community. Doctors and nurses, they make sacrifices for their patients. Soldiers, they make sacrifices for their nation. Jesus makes sacrifices for you and for me. I mean, just think about it. Coming from heaven where he lived to earth was a tremendous sacrifice because I can assure you that earth was nothing like heaven. Taking on the limits of a human being was a sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make. He was God, but he chose to be tired and hungry and thirsty and endure pain. Dealing with the criticism and the rejection that he endured throughout his life was a sacrifice he was willing to make. Being unfairly tried was a sacrifice. Being abused and tortured was a sacrifice he was willing to make. Being crucified being crucified was a sacrifice he was willing to make. And he did it all for you and for me. Each and every sacrifice he made was for the benefit of us. And without his sacrifice, we'd be hopelessly lost in our sin, separated from God for eternity. And that broke his heart. And so he was willing to make the sacrifice is necessary. That's the example of Jesus. The same Jesus who said, come follow me. Sacrifice isn't sacrifice until it hurts. If it's convenient, it's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is about giving up something that cost you, that cost me. Christ-like sacrifice is doing without something that's really valuable to us, knowing that doing without it helps serve the benefit of another person. This, this is the heart of biblical sacrifice. Sacrifice is always done for the good of others. That's the joy in it. That's the hope in it. That's the power in it is that a Christ follower is willing to give up something valuable to us because we know that it benefits others. When you sacrifice something important to you in order to benefit another person, you are acting like Jesus. 
and you are doing what Jesus did. And that's what it means to be a disciple. Did you follow that? So I close with this. You're like, we're almost done. Jesus said, for everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say to who has been given much, a little bit will be required. If we've been given much to follow Jesus, we'll, we'll ask us of much. Much given, much required, much entrusted, entrusted much, asked much. So let's just be honest. Like right here, right now, in our situation, let's just be honest. We, we live in a pretty unique bubble of society. Here in our little corner of town, we live in a bubble. My wife and I used to tell our sons, not many other kids in the world live anything like this. If we're going to be honest, it's apparent that we have been richly blessed by God. You know, I've traveled to places like Nigeria, Sri Lanka, Mexico. And one of the things that always confronts me is that I have more food in a refrigerator than most people see in months it's like Tetris, trying to put it all in there. And if it's not in the refrigerator, I have a pantry full of stuff. And if it's not there, I can head to H-E-B and I can find everything I imagine. And if still nothing strikes my fancy, I can hit any number of restaurants and eat exactly what I want. Not many people in the world know that. So it's interesting, we have been richly blessed by God, yet we're fooled to believe that it still isn't enough. We still want more. And we can chase after it, and we can try to hoard it and keep it. And Jesus is saying, you ready? Come follow me. I have a life for you that you can't imagine, but you'll have to go with me into some places that you've never been to do some things you've never done. And at times it'll be uncomfortable and it'll be awkward and it'll be unpopular and it'll be hard, but I'm inviting you into it because there's joy there. There's peace there. There's hope there. There's meaning and purpose and fulfillment there that you won't find anywhere else. So the entire theme of sacrifice in the gospel, it doesn't come from a place of 
the heart of having to give up. It comes out of a heart of gratefulness for all that God was willing to do for us. And it's all about a gratefulness, recognizing that I, I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for God's favor and blessing and grace. So the question for all of us, for the preacher, as much as for anybody in the room, is how much have we given in return for all that we've received? That's my message for today. And my prayer is that you'll just think about it. You'll contemplate it. You'll percolate it. You'll percolate on it enough that you'll come back next Sunday. And let me give it a second go. (laughs) Just think about it. Because at the end of the day, It'll be what you decide to do with what you believe. Just make sure that you're following Jesus if you want to be one of his disciples. Make sense? You guys are awesome. Let me ask you to stand together. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I'd love to make your acquaintance. I'll be here at the front of the auditorium. Just come up and introduce yourself. I'd love to make your acquaintance. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you've been so honest with us. Your son has invited us to come and follow him. And with all the joys and the blessings that come with being one of your children, you've been honest enough to tell us that at times it can be costly. It can be difficult and awkward. And along the way, we might be asked to give up some things that we hold really, really dear. But it'll all be worth it. So, Father, I ask that through your spirit, you would be at work in my heart, in the hearts of each of my friends in this room. That you'll help us make sense of the place of sacrifice in our lives as ones who call ourselves Christ followers. Father, give us a heart of gratitude a gratefulness that comes from understanding, truly understanding that all that we have is your favor, is your grace. We don't deserve any of it, but you and your richest blessings have bestowed upon us in abundance. So do a work in our hearts to know how we give back to what it is that you've given so generously. Do that work in our hearts, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.